We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. I am Jason Pett. I am not here with Ricky O'Donnell this week. Ricky is out of town, so I will be having a guest on here. Kevin Farrigan, part of the Dennis Podman podcast. I'll bring him on here in a few minutes here. But first of all, Happy New Year. We got a new year. Not it is, but it is the same bulls and also the same bullshit. And we'll go over plenty of that on this podcast today. Last time we did a pod, it was after the bulls lost to the Rockets and that just absolutely humiliating defeat at home whenever that was a couple Mondays ago. Uh, and that was me and Ricky after they had gone on that three game winning streak. Me and Ricky were back, like, all right, well, they suck again. And that's that. Of course, they followed that up with a absolutely stirring win over the Milwaukee Bucks, a game they really had no business winning. They were mostly, I think they were losing almost the entire game. They were down and they ended up being down 11 with what was like a couple minutes to go, make a rousing comeback. Bucks totally fall apart. Some bad Giannis turnovers, some Grayson Allen being a piece of shit and also sucking, missing open threes, bad turnovers and DeMar DeRozan taking over big IO steal or DeMar dunk to Io steal the tie, and then the Bulls win an OT. And it's like, all right, of course they do this. They lose to the Rock, they lose the Rockets, they beat the Bucks for a second time this year. Uh, then they go, they play a game against the Pistons, which was way too close for comfort, but then they come up, they ended up pulling away at the end. Zach Levine with a 40-point game. He looks great. I think he had 27 in the first half. All right. And then they got the Cavs then to end the year. And a game where the Bulls, again, had no business winning. They were awful for most of it. The offense couldn't do shit. Uh, but another late comeback spurred on by the defense. Io and Alex Caruso just forcing turnovers like almost every possession. Uh, and they had a chance at the end. DeMar misses a shot. The last two-minute report the next day says that there should have been a foul called on Karis Levert on DeMar's last shot to give him two potentially game-winning free throws. That's the second time that's happened to DeMar this season. Remember that Wizards game earlier in the year? Not great. I feel like there weren't that many people complaining about that miss. DeMar was kind of fading away. He threw up a 
and a lot of people more people were complaining about just the play call uh and just it was tomorrow like a, a running fade away in the corner than like an actual foul but the nba said that it should have been a foul all right whatever unfortunate that would have been a really nice comeback win over a good Cavs team even though they were without evan mobley and darius garland so the bulls play the Cavs again last night in a game where they play maybe the best half of the season in the first half 65 47 at the half everything's humming everything's looking good Cavs can't really do much third quarter hits and that's when the referees strike and donovan mitchell starts taking over the game with the aid of the referees uh, i believe the Cavs shot 18 free throws in the third quarter I believe Donovan Mitchell had like 12 or something like that alone in the third quarter. And then fourth quarter, uh, cra- just more craziness. And you had the whole thing at the end with Donovan Mitchell and the free throw miss pulling the Luka Doncic. And of course, again, the last two minute report once again says that, and this was caught in real time by just about everybody that Mitchell should have been called for a lane violation. Uh, he went, went in too early. Patrick Williams did kind of botch still the box out, but Donovan Mitchell was in too early gets the rebound himself, ties the game, and then he just dominated overtime. And he ends up with 71 fucking points. Absolute insane performance by Mitchell. Can't take away too much from him because he shot like 22 or 34. In overtime, he hit multiple back-breaking threes. Still had tons of energy, but the refs definitely still played another big part. It's two games in a row. That would have been two huge wins over a good Cavs team. Again, even though they were missing two guys, where the refs play a clear part in the end of the game. So just absolute garbage. Whatever, like I said, the Bulls still should not have blown a 21-point lead, as bad as the refs were, a terrible officiated game. But still, just another just classic Bulls loss. They've just had so many heartbreaking losses this season, multiple more in the clutch. So they had that little clutch run where they won a few games in a row. Now they had a couple more heartbreaking losses, and now they're sitting at 16-21 and 21 on the season, back out of a playing spot. Now we're all just like down on them again, back to the blow-it-up train. I was, for a while there, I was moving to the, like, oh, I'm embrace the mid Maybe they're going to get in. The, I think they still could get in the playing spot, but maybe they can come get to the six seed because all these other teams suck. But we'll talk about that in a second. Let's bring on Kevin to join after this little uh, little recap of the last week or so. Uh, that's again. This is at you know him as at NBA Couchside on Twitter. Again, he is host of the Dennis Podman podcast. Kevin, welcome to the to Cash. Thanks for joining us as always. How are you doing? Um. Uh, well, I mean, I'd be doing better if the Bulls hadn't. Uh, weren't uh, d- down three uh, three wins in the the win loss column thanks to the referees on the year. Uh, that would be that would be nice. Um, but uh, I, overall, I'm I'm fine. The the Bulls are, are bumming me out, but you know the I, I'm just kind of used to it. <laughs> <laughs> like I have I haven't uh, Brian and I haven't done an episode of Podman to at all this since the season started basically uh because the bulls have been uh kind of a massive bummer for most of the season and we were talking before we got on the air that like you and ricky launched cash considerations uh as a place to be mad about the bulls but like the the rebirth of dennis podman was like uh me being excited about the the new era of the bulls after they they went out and got lonzo they got damar they got uh, you know, Vooch and, and Caruso, and it looked like they were gonna be like you know a a a, a normal playoff team, <laughs> and uh, you know, basically since January first of twenty twenty two, pretty much everything has gone wrong for the team. Uh, well, 
January second. So because they they did have game that, that crazy Demar yeah Demar game winner on on January first. Um, he had the back to back, but like that was basically the 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 peak or the apio ap apiosis of this like uh this version of the bulls and it's just been uh a straight line into the dirt since then <laughs> um lonzo got hurt caruso got hurt uh they had the one stretch they had the one stretch with Demar, i think in february where he did the superman act and he whatever had like yeah he went got mode again for yeah for a little bit again but like it was that was like that was almost worse because it like gave you like some hope that they could yeah. they could like find the magic again without Lonzo and I was like no <laughs> they need like all of their pieces to together to work because their role players don't make anything easier for their stars and you know kind of vice versa to to a certain extent um, their stars are not good enough to like make lesser players way better and their role players aren't shooters so they don't really bring things to the table that like make it easier for zach and vooch and damar to have space to operate um bad roster build uh so yeah i mean i just um this is all me (laughs) getting into like you ask me how i'm doing uh (laughs) i've had the bulls on on my mind a lot lately uh and uh you know i it's weird because I, I do have a podcast to go talk about them on, uh, but it's just been getting like going through the act of sitting down, recording a show, uh, coordinating with Brian to like get time to do it. And all of that, like the actual, all of those extra steps have just made me not want to do it because it's like, <laughs> this is, seems to, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, go through all this scheduling hassle and then, you know, do the, the podcast production on this thing to, to, you know, bitch about this team some more. <laughs> like, and like, what am I going to say? Like, I, I mean, I mean, I'll, you know, I'm going to try to find something interesting to say for the next 40 odd minutes or whatever that we're, we're doing this episode. But like, I keep saying the same things about this team. <laughs> we keep doing the same shit. It really, I mean, it's I just, the same, I don't, the same song and I dance. Just don't like know what to, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> I got to say one thing, though, like. Last night's game was like the worst officiated. Yeah, game let's, I've ever yeah, seen let's talk about game. last night's game. So, like, again, that was so great, bad. Great first half. I mean, they were up again, up 18. They were up as much as 21. And then, like I said, that third quarter hits and uh, the third quarter and, hits. And this is what happens. Tony Brothers decides that Donovan Mitchell is not allowed to be guarded. You can't you can't guard him. If you guard him, it's a foul. And he goes to the line 12 fucking times in the third quarter, 18 times in the the second half. And he gets a rhythm because he's a really good shooter. He gets a rhythm going to the line 12 times. And then after that, he can't fucking miss. And that's it. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, and Caruso then, fouled know, out, ended up falling out in that game. And he also, the thing, the funny thing about the line, Caruso the lane, fouled out because Karis Levert tripped on his own feet. <laughs> Karis Levert tripped on his own feet and they called a foul on Caruso. Yeah, and they called back to back, they called back to back, you know, not lane violations because it wasn't the lane, but like in the key violations, yeah, right. like inside the three point arc violations on Caruso on foul shots to give uh, Mitchell. 
three chances to make one foul shot. And then they missed the lane violation by Mitchell himself later in the game that since it's overtime <laughs> awful yeah that, that, that's Brothers like needs to yeah. go to jail <laughs> that was the right, whole ironic thing about all that because like they they did not call the one that really mattered and they they nabbed caruso on something they like never call that crap and they call that earlier in the game and then, to, and then to miss the last one on mitchell i'm like and, and like i I do my share of complaining about the rest, but like, I don't want to complain too much about the rest. But like, this is a clear game, and it's especially bad when it ha- happens two games in a row. Like, and then the game before was not all refs. I mean, that was the Bulls did not play well that game, and the Bulls actually shut down. No, they just Mitchell. missed a foul on on the uh, yeah. The, the Demar game should have been game winner. Right, they shut uh, down Mitchell the, the other night in Chicago. I think he shot poorly. He had like six or seven turnovers. They had him just. I had mentioned Io and Caruso just had him in lockdown in the fourth quarter. It was like almost every possession was a turnover. Uh, it was a really impressive comeback thanks to the Bulls defense and the Cavs just falling apart. They totally really missed Garland in that game. And so they had, they had him in lockdown that game. He started a little better in this first half yesterday, but still, I mean, the Bulls were up again eighteen points at half, and then. Refs take over the game, and uh, just it is just really annoying when it's like that. Just, just ridiculous. Um, again, you do, the Bulls should also they they need to do a better job of not blowing it as well. Obviously, Mitchell got going, the refs let him get back in it, but you still got to you still got to execute better. Vooch did get another nice big three point clutch three pointer, so that was good to see. But then in the the overtime, the overtime was really disappointing because um, oh, they quit. They yeah, quit. I mean, Pat, <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so bad. Like what once he made that that crazy shot to tie it and then the the Bulls got nothing on they had three seconds to to for Billy to drop a an ATO side out of bounds to like try to win the game in regulation. And Billy draws up what Billy always draws up every fucking time, which is here, Damar, please bail us out. He stinks. Billy is bad. <laughs> Not a good coach. Like people get mad at me when I say that. They're like, "Well, he's fine. He's not like bad." Yes, he is. <laughs> look at go look at the like all of the coaches in the NBA and like you find me 10 coaches that Billy Donovan is better than. I don't think there are. I don't think there are 10 coaches that he's better than. I think he's probably like a bottom 8 bottom like somewhere between bottom eight and bottom five coach in the league. He's bad. He stinks. <laughs> I said, I, I still don't know if I could go there, but the, the DeMar end of game thing, like obviously DeMar has hit ton of clutch shots this year, but like it is starting to become like a talking point. Like is like, and I know you will talk about Zach. I know you're not, a, you are down on Zach as well, but like at some point you probably need to try it. Something besides just like, I mean, I know in the NBA, that's kind of like the name of the game. Just like give it to your best player and he's going to take a shot. We see I'm it not even saying don't give the ball like... to DeMar. I'm just saying like do something creative to get him an open look instead of like forcing him to shoot over the top of guys every time. Like every one of his shots at the end of games like this is heavily contested and he's great at hitting those. Like he's way better at it than most guys. Yeah. But like they don't scheme up anything to make his life easier. And I know that it's like difficult to do that with like three seconds left, but like fuck's sake, like the, the Hawks schemed up a a layup uh on us like earlier in the year where they just they inbounded the ball, they they had some distraction uh with their two star players at the top of the key, and then uh AJ Griffin gets a gets a back cut on uh Derek Jones Jr. and it's a layup. 
we can't do anything. We we just got to just throw it to Demar and say, "Here, Demar, try to try to shoot over the top of your guy who's the same size or bigger than you," because <laughs> everybody knows what's coming. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is getting a little stale. And, and like again, Demar has been so good. Like I don't want to bash Demar. It's not Demar's fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. It, I, I just like there, draw something else yeah. up. And there are times where I think where where we've seen like obviously Demarco can go hero mode and he basically won them that Bucks game actually with some good defense too and even yesterday I believe first half he had like four steals doing some defensive stuff too, uh but there are I think there are games where it's like Demar just ends up take doing too much and just taking too many shots I've, there I'd have to look up the stat again I feel like there's a stat where it's like if Demar scores forty plus the Bulls are their record is not good and they won that Bucks game where I think he went over forty but like. I think there are times where it just gets to be almost too much tomorrow. That, again, that's not really his fault. I mean, he's he's been awesome. He's mostly efficient, but sometimes it can just get a bit stagnant, a bit stale, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know if that, I mean, and also that's just like in terms of like helping the other guy, and the other, I guess I was going to talk about this in, in the overtime, the other guys also just not stepping up and hitting shots either. I mean, Patrick Williams bricks wide open threes in crunch time. Like it's his job. I was done the same thing. Well, I mean, overtime last night, both like, I Pat first in the corner, wide open three, not even close. Io got two of them, one from each side, not even close. I mean, and these are good looks being created by like, by the star players. Those guys, you got to hit these shots. Like you t- we're talking about the stars can't make the role players better, but like, I mean, there are, there have been times where we've seen some good driving kicks, finding Demar, finding guys in the corner. Like we saw, like one game where Kobe hit a couple clutch threes against the Bucks. Hit that game. Like we've seen Vooch hit a couple big threes. But like Pat and Io have been brick. Like the, I think I think the Bucks game. Pat and Io also got great looks from three in that overtime. They bricked. Luckily, Vooch hit hit the one that ended up putting them ahead. Like these guys, this they can't make these open three pointers. And I mean, Pat's a whole other conversation. We can get into that a little bit, but. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of just a bad, the mix is just like not working. And like, so again, sometimes it's too much Demar. Zach has looked better lately for sure. But I mean, he seems like he he doesn't do much in crunch time. We know Zach has crunch time problems. He said Vooch has had a few nice clutch threes, but I mean, yesterday, like we know his defensive problems. Uh, I think he was like a minus 19 or 20 yesterday. Like even though, so even though he had a nice shooting game, like and rebounding wise, like defense has still been still problematic. So it's just not a great mix. They're super mid 16. They're probably they're They should be better than 16 and 21. They've gotten screwed in multiple games they, here by the they refs. Should be 19 like, and 18. If, yeah. if they, if the refs didn't screw up the calls that they screwed up, like, and this isn't like the refs, there are like wrong calls in every last two minute report. Yeah. Like they almost are never completely clean, but like the calls that they've missed directly these, impact the three games that we're referring to. <laughs> They are directly re- like causative final of plays. The Bulls losing. <laughs> yeah, they're the last play of the game, and the getting the call wrong cost the Bulls the game. Like yeah. no question. And last like, night, last night it was like the last two plays of regulation because they also said that Jared Allen should have been called for a traveled. travel when the, the Cavs were down three and they made it a one point game uh, momentarily. So like that's multiple calls in the same game in the last like twelve seconds. That that's just bad stuff. Yeah. But e- either way, whatever. Nine, they, they, you could argue they could be, they should be 19 and 18 around there, whatever. They should probably be like based on just how the games have played out and looking at their like their point differential is like minus they're like one. A, they're a 500 team, they're a very mid team. Uh, but this 19 and 18 would still feel at least a little better than 16 and 21 and like not even in 
the playing picture right now. Like in 19 and 18 years, I was still feeling decent about, hey, maybe the sixth seed is like legit in play. And like, I mean, it still could be like the Pacers are the sixth seed right now. They're 21 17. I, I, I mean, and they're playing great right now. Like, kudos to them, like Buddy Heald and Miles Turner not getting traded. They've been awesome. Tyrese Halliburton's fucking awesome. Benedict Matherin's been awesome. Like, they've been a really fun team. Will they keep it up? I don't know. But like, the, the all, Pacers, all these... the, go ahead. The Pacers have, have a couple of things, right? Like, they have a roster full of guys that can actually shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I don't understand how it's 2022, 2023 now. And uh, it's like this big foreign concept to Arturis Karnaschovas that you need guys that can fucking shoot the basketball. They don't have any. They have Zach, who takes really stupid shots. And, like, he's really talented on catch and shoots. But, like, man, he still takes really fucking dumb shots a lot of the time and then they have like no other catch and shoot guys like Vooch is okay at it but like he's not like the defense is fine giving open threes to to Vooch yeah pretty much like they he does not bend the defense he does not cause any panic DeMar's a bad three-point shooter and he doesn't shoot them very often um so and like and again, those are your stars. Their role players cannot shoot. And it is a problem. Like, I know that Pat's percentages are good. I know he shoots good from the free line. But he is not a good shooter. Because he doesn't get them up at volume. And that is my bigger indicator of whether you are actually a good shooter or not and whether you actually affect the defense is do you get them up on volume and still make them and he doesn't because he has a slow release and because he's not confident and he's not confident because he's not actually good at it um <laughs> and also because he has like weird like imposter syndrome or something whatever is going on with him he, he's good at it early in games you can we cannot trust pat i mean we've seen him again we've seen him miss wide open clutch threes a lot in the last, I mean, all season. He, he comes every, out and he, and he kills it early. And then at the end of games, it's just like, he's not even close. Every time he half. gets an open shot, every time he, he gets an open shot in the second half, I just assume he's either going to record, record scratch out of it or miss. Like I just, that that's, that's how I feel. Every time, every time he gets the ball in that situation, like the, the higher, like the leverage, uh, point in the game, like the more clutch time it is, the more I expect him to miss because he just he just doesn't have it. He just he's not that guy. And uh, Io, I thought I like I said at the beginning of the year. I think I came on here even and in, in uh, on like a post game or something and said I thought that Io's jumper looked like he had put in a lot of work in the off season and it looked better. Whatever that was, I you know I guess I was wrong because yep. the, the, it's not there. Nope. Um, either, either I just, my eye test was bad or, um, and they talked about it. He talked about it. It yeah. was written about like that. He worked on it and it looked better. He was percentages it, were up it, early in the year, but it regressed. Now it's, yeah. yeah, it's regressed down to like 34, 33%. And again, yeah. he missed two wide open ones in overtime last night. You, you got to hit those shots. Like, uh, like I know he's played some better defense lately, but like, with the lack of shooting on this team and like the way the team is set up, like you need guys to hit those open shots. Like the maybe, I mean, yeah, I mean, and yeah, that's what I was jumping in to say about the Pacers is like, they have a very good coach for Carlisle's great. Everybody knows this and they have a roster that actually makes sense. They like, maybe not even intentionally, 
but like it's kind of like the thing with the jazz like the jazz they they got a bunch of like spare parts in the the rudy gobert and donovan mitchell trades but all of those guys can shoot they can all dribble and pass if you put a bunch of those guys together and you just space it out you're gonna have a you're gonna have a pretty good offense and um you know the the bulls offense is extremely clunky because it's really isolation heavy it's really your turn my turn i don't think billy's done a good job of uh incorporating the talents that he of the guys that he has um and into a cohesive identity like they have no identity yeah on they, they do it not. reminds I mean, me it's Demar. It's like basically just like Demar save us if we need it, and like occasionally Zach, and Zach again. Zach has played better. The finishing is better. His percentages are up, but so much of it just ends up being like Demar, please save us. And like that's it, <laughs> basically. Yeah, that's the that's like the whole like options one, two, and three are Demar do stuff, and then you know occasionally kick it out to somebody who can't shoot to shoot a three (laughs) (laughs) and you know uh or maybe zach gets the ball after damar uh probes for a while and can't can't get anything and then zach either you know dribbles the ball for a while and then fires up a contested three-pointer or occasionally he gets it and attacks downhill and and gets to the rim and his finishing has, has been a lot better i just wish he would go to the basket more um but again like they don't run offense to like get him on the move uh, and going towards the basket to finish like that. Um, Or to even like, it is insane to me to have somebody who is as good a shooter as Zach is, especially on the move. And like, if you watch the Kings, I love watching the Kings because they're, they're like a great story. Their fans have been like long suffering for a really long time and their team, their offense is fun. Like, and you know what they do? They run a lot of the warrior shit. They run the split cut actions. They run all the relocation stuff that, that Steph and Clay do. And Jordan Poole does now. They run that stuff with uh, Kevin Herter. And they run, they, they run like, you know, uh, pick and roll and dribble handoffs with, um, with uh, De'Aaron Fox and, and uh, Sabonis's kid. And, they around all of that orbiting all of that is just Kevin Herter, just fucking moving around, making, making them I think the bulls do that with Damar and Vooch pick and rolls and having Zach orbiting around doing all the relocation stuff that like, why, why, why can't we do I that? I mean, looking at Kevin Herter's just, numbers, there's no creativity. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's getting up, he's played 31 minutes a game. And so this is a role, like a role guys, what they're probably like their third, you have Fox and Sabonis as their top two guys, and then you have Herders, probably their third or fourth guy. Uh, he's getting up seven threes a game, forty-two point two percent, and that's as just like a roll guy. Like what Zach is probably taking like seven or eight threes a game, but uh, I I've, I said at the beginning he's taking okay, he's taking seven point four only, like, and he's playing thirty-five yeah. minutes a game. I and I know we we do want that, Zach that, that's going like, downhill. That's like Zach should be taking ten or like, that's threes what's a game. Yeah, what I was gonna say is like. Like buddy Hunter's getting does. up seven a game, getting up seven a game, but like that's most of his use, right? Like Zach is getting up seven a game, but he's also touching the ball a lot more than Kevin Herter does. And you could get in like a lot of Zach's three pointers are 
off the dribble three pointers, which are very difficult, especially the ones he takes. Yeah. Because he likes to he likes to shoot with a guy in his face for some reason, <laughs> rather than like taking an easy one off of a catch and shoot. But honestly, again, Billy is not drawing up or scheming up anything to make his life easier. It's just completely like the talent, like individual offensive talents of, of the big three are like what determines how good the offense is going to be um, every night. And like, they're good. They're very good offensive players, but they're not that good. You know, it's like DeMar is not Kevin Durant. He's DeMar DeRozan and he's like, like very good player, but there are limits to like a your turn, my turn offense when the guys doing that are DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine and not like uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, yeah. you know, like there it, it's a difference. Um, and so with that being the case, you need to do more scheme wise to generate uh, high quality looks. Um, and also then, you know, to let's, put some blame on the front office here. You can have people that can finish those high quality looks yes. and they don't have any the <laughs> role players. Think at least uh, on offense. I mean, the, 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 you know, guys play hard on defense. Javante's Javante yeah. and Caruso, very good on defense. I was gotten a lot better on defense. Offensively. He's kind of the same guy. Um, and, uh, I, my guy, Brian, um, from uh podman and uh you know bulls twitter and uh at brian j nba uh he made the point today that the bulls what one of the things that they really lack for uh is somebody big and physical who likes to run into people uh on this team um like somebody like i don't know tari eason who (laughs) went one pick before the bulls drafted which is just an absolute killer like Dalen might be good eventually, but like Tari is kind of like exactly one of many elements that the Bulls are missing right now, which is like somebody that is wants to play physical. Like there's just so many elements that the Bulls are missing. Like they don't have shooting, so they're they're on the low side of like the skill thing, but they're not a physical team either. It's like how are you going to be both unskilled and <laughs> Kind of, kind of soft as a team, and like, like not that you, athletic you, either. Do... They have some yeah. athletic guys, but like, uh, I mean, like Zach's just... athletic, yeah. Javante's athletic, but like, and DJJ's athletic, obviously, but he like doesn't play that much. Um, like, but like, how are you going to be unathletic, not skilled, and like soft? Pretty soft when it comes to. I mean, they've been getting crushed on the glass lately. Uh, I mean, those, but I mean, the Cavs are a bigger team, but no Mobley the last couple of games. So like that should have helped them, but like they got smoked. Yeah. Losing both games to the the Cavs. I mean, again, with the caveats that they should have won both of those games. If the referees call things right, (laughs) (laughs) it's like losing both games to the Cavs with no Mobley and, uh, and uh, no Darius Garland. That's like such a massive wasted opportunity. Uh, Yep. You know, and they need to take advantage of these things because, like, they have had a difficult schedule here for, like, uh, well, really the whole start of the year. I don't know what the what the Bulls did to whoever makes the <laughs> schedule, but like, uh, they started them out of the gate behind the eight ball. Yeah, no, time. and like, and the Bulls, like, Lonzo aside, Lonzo's situation is obviously brutal. But like, the Bulls have had rel- l- relatively good health. Like, their three best players 
have missed, I think, four games, and it's, I think, only been Zach. DeMar's played every game. I think Vooch has played every game. Zach's only missed a handful. They've obviously had, like, some injuries to Javante and Caruso, but, like, Lonzo aside, which is a whole different thing, like, the Bulls have not missed, like, any, barely any games with their star guys. Like, and they've gotten some of these, you get some of these opportunities against teams that are missing star players. You got to, got to take advantage. And they just have, unfortunately, have not these last couple games. Um, and I was looking, I hadn't looked at this number again in a while that, uh, the Demar Vooch Levine trio is currently minus 3.7 together in 759 minutes. So they've played a ton together. O rating of 111.7. That's just like not even close to good enough. Uh, 115 D rating bad. And then 111 O rating or one, almost one, yeah. but like, and like, that's about like league average. I have to look at my, let me go pull up like the league average stats right now. But like, that's just like, it's just not good for, like you said, it's just kind of clunky, even though they're like individually talented players, uh, and again, it's not all them. Again, the pieces around them just not great either, offensively, especially offensively. It's one eleven points. Oh, that's players. Hold on. Um, and in terms of like the toughness thing, uh, I mean, that's like what we were hoping like Patrick Williams would bl- blossom into. And like Pat is just hold on. First, one eleven point seven would put the Bulls at uh, for overall league like right. Basically, their overall offensive rating this year is 112.1. So those three guys on the court together, 111.7 is even below that. So that's just like not good. Back to the, the like the whatever, the, yeah. the strength thing, though, like the, is we were hoping Pat, I mean, Pat is 6'7", six, 6'8". Six, he's built like a fucking tree. Like he's so, he's strong. He is strong. And when he asserts himself, you see him. He can take advantage of smaller guys. He knocks guys off, like off the block when he goes into them. He just does not do it nearly often enough. And like last night, and this has been just a theme all season and something I've pointed out recently. And our guy, Will Gottlieb wrote about it at uh, SHGO the other day about Pat and just like, what is going on with this development? But like yesterday, and this was like almost the worst example of it that we've seen all year. Pat first half where the bulls play great. I think he had eight points, five rebounds, two assists, maybe, maybe another stat or two second half and OT. He had two points, I think like one foul and literally not another fucking stat in like 14 or 15 minutes. And that's just unacceptable. Went back to being jacked Tony Snell. <laughs> yeah. And that's just unacceptable. And like what the, the scoring thing is, I think you could point to a lot of things about that. That's on what that's on the coaching. That's on him. It's on players not getting him involved. Sometimes just, it turns into too much DeMar, DeMar ball and stuff like that, whatever. But we also see him miss wide open threes when he gets opportunities, but like to not record like any other stats either. I mean, that's just straight up. Just you like, for a guy that size, you should be just like looking into a couple of those numbers. And it just happens way too often where he, he has nice first halves and then just does absolutely fucking nothing in the second half. I, like, I, I want to say like he has played, he's improved defensively. I feel like he takes on tough assignments every night. And I know DeMar made it a point when he, in Will's article about that, that he's like, they're putting a lot of pressure on him defensively. And he, for the most part, I feel like does a pretty decent job and he's gotten better at some of some of these defensive assignments. But like, the rebounding, like the Bulls getting crushed on the glass, and he just does not. I mean, he's averaging four rebounds a game. Like that's the problem. Like we were worried about, like if the Bulls were going to get Jeremy Grant, like and Jer- like Jeremy Grant's a bad rebounder. He averages like four rebounds a game. But, like Jeremy Grant's also putting up like twenty points per game on like high volume three point shooting, and it's been absolutely incredible for Portland. Like Pat is not doing all that other stuff either. So like he's not doing much scoring. He's not rebounding. Uh, his playmaking is just not really there either. So it's just like. You He's, can't you can't be a playmaker if teams don't treat you as a threat offensively. Yeah. Like if they don't think that you're a threat to score, you, you, your passing doesn't really matter. Unless you're like a, a, a like savant genius level passer like Lonzo, yeah. 
and even Lonzo, his passing really like became more unleashed when he became like such a good shooter. Yeah. Um, but like for the most part, you know, you can't you can't create for your teammates if you're not drawing defensive attention with the threat of your scoring. Like drawing two to the ball and then moving moving it to a, a, a another play another guy that's open, that is like the building block of, you know, creation or playmaking or whatever in basketball. And you can't do that without the first order step of drawing defensive attention and defenses don't give a shit about what Pat does (laughs) because he doesn't play assertively. He doesn't like when he is playing like that, you notice that defenses react to him differently, but like they mostly can just rely on him not playing like that because he doesn't most of the time, yeah. especially in the second half. Yeah, and in that first Cavs game, I forgot the, he scored the f- Bulls' first six points in like a minute and a half. Like they go to him, they run some pick and roll for him, uh, they use him as the screener, and he gets points that way. First six points, literally in the first minute and a half, he scored three points the rest of the game. And it's just like, and it's just the same. It's the same song and dance over and over. And it's just like they're stuck in a spot right now where they're like trying to win, uh, but like. And clearly his development is not taking precedent, but like you can't, he can't be blameless here. Like he's got to go do other stuff as well. And just, it's just not happening. I, I feel like his games are just, I said that I feel like the games, his games are just almost the same. Like he starts great. He'll start great. Then he won't do anything in the second half. He'll end with like nine or 10 points, four or five rebounds, maybe a couple assists, a block or like a couple stocks, maybe. And like, that's it. It's like, it's just like every game is like the same thing with him. It's just, it's frustrating to see because like one of the, points were if the bulls were going to take a step forward this year it was those they talk about continuity it's patrick williams getting a lot better io taking a leap neither of those have happened they're just kind of like the same guys as last year uh and like everybody's just kind of like the same zach was worse to start the year he's getting back to himself but like vooch has been fine like in you look at like the, the big three is like individual stats again like damar is about the same vooch is around the same zach is getting back to the level he was but like Put it all together with no development from anybody else. The bench has kind of fallen off a little bit after their really hot start from like Dragons and Drummond. And it's just, you get the team that they are 16 and 21, a few unlucky breaks away from being 500 team, whoop de doo. And it's, and now here we are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So let's talk Let's yeah. talk bigger picture here, looking forward. Again. And I mean, last year they yeah. were really like a 500 team. Like if you looked at their point differential and stuff, but they were lucky uh, in terms of like late, late game stuff. shot making yeah. and things like that. So like but, overall, the team that Karnachovas has put together over a year and a half, basically, sample mid mid <laughs> yeah. 500-ish team like yeah. look at the broad sample they're they're i think since the start of last year right they finished 46 and uh 36 yes this year they're they're 16 and was it 21. 21 now yeah what does that add up to so they're that's 62 and uh 62 57 and, <clears throat> yeah, like that's yeah they're they're basically five hundred team. Like yeah. that's it's not good. I mean, it's yeah. just not it's not a very it's not great. I, again, I do th- the Lonzo thing ru- fucking ruins everything. I do think they were better with Lonzo. A lot of that point differential falling apart at the end of last year was them just getting their brain, brains bashed in by good teams when they didn't have Lonzo and like when Zach was hurting and Crusoe was out. Like that was a that was a part of that. First half of the year, like I thought they were legitimately like maybe top four, top five, decent team. And like, I think the point differential was probably around like plus two or plus three. That first part of the year. Yeah, I, I mean, it was, it was, happened. it was pretty good, Yeah, but it wasn't like even plus two or plus three. Like that's not like, yeah, I mean, they weren't a dominant team. It, no, that's not. And it's like, that's not even like a contender. Like that's like a, that's like a pretty good team, which is honestly what I wanted. Which them was fine. To be. But yeah. here's the thing. Right. But here's the thing. Right. Lonzo Ball, I think, is underrated, like as a player, yeah. in general. But if you build a team where losing Lonzo Ball fucks you, <laughs> means that you are are five hundred, and like there's just no way for you to get better than that. There's no way for your or, or not even five hundred. Since Lonzo's been down, they've been like way worse than five hundred. Five hundred oh, yeah. is like the bigger picture of the, the whole sample. If you, if you are a team and losing Lonzo ball takes you from being like a plus two plus three team and not having him drops you down to being like terrible last year to end the year. And then this year pretty mediocre. You haven't built a very good team. You haven't built a robust team. You haven't built a resilient team. Um, and it's especially galling because they knew what we know now, which is that Lonzo wasn't going to be back for a while. Like they knew they they have access to more information than we do as fans. We could be hopeful, but like they don't share with us everything that they know. And surely they knew that he was like at best going to be back pretty late into the year. So like that means you have a huge hole on your roster for a couple of things, but like number one, volume three-point shooting (laughs) it was a huge problem last year it continues to be a huge problem this year and not having guys that can make shots when your stars create them for them is an enormous problem and i i criticize billy because i don't think his offense is very creative to the extent that he like has an offense beyond like uh guys go take turns you know somebody try to generate something you know maybe we run a few actions here there's no continuity there's no there's no 
identity. They don't have like things that they do consistently. Um, and, but like, even to the extent that they, they generate good looks, they don't have people to make them. And they knew that this off season. And what did they do? They had, a, a whole <laughs> they had the whole mid-level exception available to them. And I know that it wasn't like, you know, it was kind of slim pickings on the free agent market, but like, then you have to be creative. You built this team. You decided that you want to go all in to be a playoff team, right? Like that's what they decided. They, when they made the Vucevic trade and they traded two first round picks, including the one for this year, they decided we're all in to be a playoff team this year. All right. Well, then that means you need to be creative in the offseason when you know that your team is not good enough because you just watched it be ass for <laughs> the entire like year 2022 like calendar year until the end of last season. You you saw them be terrible. Um, and you saw them be really terrible after the all-star break. And you didn't shore up one of the biggest weaknesses, one of the biggest reasons that you were terrible in the offseason. You didn't make a trade. You didn't you, you you brought back Derek Jones Jr. What the <laughs> hell was the point of that? Like I like Derek Jones Jr. I like him. He's fun. But like what is he bringing to this team for his 3 million dollars or whatever? Like what is he doing? Like what does he bring that Javante Green doesn't bring? Like he's longer, he's taller, but like Javante just does all the same shit and is better, like as a player overall than Derek Jones. Like, and there, there's a reason he doesn't play very much. Like, what is he doing? Why is he on the team? Why didn't they <laughs> trade him last year when he had a bigger salary? Yeah, nine like million. Him. You could have bundled him and Troy Brown and like Kobe maybe and got like a twenty million dollar player. Uh, if you like package. The, the Blazers pick. Yeah. Like, I, I just missed opportunities for sure. And like, you might say like, whatever, who could they have gotten? Uh, I mean, Jeremy, Again, we, could, we could go back to Jeremy Grant. Are, Jeremy Grant was available for scraps. <laughs> they could have traded the Portland pick or Jeremy Grant. Like we were all like, maybe they should trade Pat for him. They didn't even have to do that. Yeah, the, Jeremy Grant went for nothing. Yeah. He went for a crappy first round pick. <laughs> like, <laughs> We were thinking, oh, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to sell Patrick Williams to get him. No, you could have kept both. And you know, I would much rather have Jeremy Grant on a team that's trying to win, ostensibly trying to win right now, than a who knows when it's going to convey Portland first round pick. Because like, I mean, they're like right on the you know the edge of the playoff picture in the West. It's not clear that they're going to make the playoffs this year. That the Western Conference, like, it's really jumbled. Play in, play into, you know, six seed area is like that's a bloodbath. Yeah, who knows if they're going to make the playoffs? And that pick might not even convey this year. They should have tried to trade that pick for something like real. Oh, yeah, like, well, I mean, a point guard. Grant. You talk, you talk about the Bulls like knowing what like the deal was with Lonzo. Like, did they do it? They didn't do anything. A point guard. They signed Goran Dragic. Who's like has been whatever he's been fine for what he is. He was fun to start the year, but like he's just kind of fallen back to like what you would expect a thirty-six-year-old backup point guard to be. He's fine, but like they expected way more of a IO. I'm sure, and he just has not taken the leap. Kobe is fine. He's whatever, and Dragic is 
36 year old Goran Dragic. But like, if you knew Lonzo was going to be out and you're trying to win, like, how are you not trying to get a better point guard in here? Like, and you, again, you could say, well, who are you going to get? I mean, Monty Morris was traded this year, this past offseason. I mean, Mike Conley hasn't been traded, but maybe you'd go harder after Mike Conley. Uh, just, I mean, a, just a better stopgap option if you know that Lonzo's not going to be there. But I mean, they didn't do anything. I mean, they, their offseason again was lame. Uh, and it was Drummond and Dragic and re signing Derek Jones Jr. for whatever reason. And, we t- also talked about, like, why is Tony Bradley on this team? Why is Marco on this team? I mean, I hammer that stuff home all the time. It's like, you're wasting roster spots on a team where, like, you t- I mean, bring guys off the street. Like, your roster needs shooting. Like, I know they tried that with, like, Matt Thomas last year, and he sucked. But, like, whatever. Keep trying it. Cycle through some fucking guys who just are, like, I mean, the Lakers did it with the, with the like, the DoorDash guy, whatever, good old Matt Ryan or whatever. Like, I know he's not with them anymore, but whatever. Cycle through some guys who can shoot and see if maybe one of them sticks. Like, Tony Bradley's not giving you anything. Marco's not giving you anything. Like, why not at least try something no. else and just throw these? They've decided they... that Tony Bradley can't play for them. Like, they've they've decided <laughs> that, and they've Billy's also decided that Marco can't play for him, even though they gave him a three year guaranteed contract for some reason. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Still why are those guys? Why are those no. guys still on the roster? Yeah. I. Just, I don't know. Does it doesn't make any sense? So, Looking ahead now, top to bottom, yeah. <laughs> organization just still a clown, a clown car, <laughs> clown, clown uh, car. organization. So where are you at right now with just, just like with move? Where are you at right now with moves that you would like to see made? Are you are you? I'm assuming you are. Are you on this the full I blown am, blow it up? Or I guess are you on the blow it up train? Verse though, what do you think they will actually do? Do you think that because that's my thing? When me and Ricky did the blow it up pod after the Timberwolves game. It was like, all right, we're fine. We're there. We're ready to blow it up. But I, at the end, I'm like, but I don't think they're going to. I'm not sure they're going to because I think they're going to hang around enough. And I know I've said this in the chats too. They're going to win enough games where they're right there in that play-in and ownership's not going to want to do it. And they're just going to try. They're trying to get, they'll try to get the in the play-in and it wouldn't surprise me if they did. And like, that'll be, and that'll be fine. So where's your head out with what you want them to do? Versus what you think they will do, or do you think that's going to be the same thing? Um, I don't expect them to do what I want them to do because they never do. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, you know, if they don't, you know, they they very clearly do not listen to me. So whatever. <laughs> um, although getting Lonzo is a move that I probably would have done. Uh, I don't know if I would have done it after looking at his medical because, like. That couldn't have looked good before, <laughs> before the even before they got him. I mean, maybe it was just unlucky, but like I don't know. He never played very many games before that history his either. That history, like this, was probably unforeseeable. But like him being injury prone certainly wasn't. Um, but uh, so I think they will probably just continue to try to make the play like the play in because. I think that their mandate, honestly, from ownership was uh, get us back into the playoffs and don't pay the luxury tax. I think that's what the Reinsdorf family cares about. Um, So I I think that that's what they'll try to do. Um, I would rather see them. Well, it depends. So. I'm not opposed to like just being a good playoff team. Like I'm really not. What's frustrating about this team is that I just don't like watching them. <laughs> like I 
they're not fun. Like they were fun when Lonzo was playing. Like he made everything kind of sing. But this version of the team is not fun to watch. They they are chaos merchants because they just the, every game it's like they could be playing the worst team in the in the fucking league and they might lose <laughs> and they could be playing you know the Celtics and, and kick their ass, beat their ass. <laughs> yeah. I just I don't know what to expect like <laughs> I I would just like to like have some level of certainty like, like baseline honestly, competency <laughs> well like honestly like if they're gonna be bad fine be bad right like just be bad they so give too I, much I hope that... they get too much hope by beating yeah. these good teams it's like the most annoying like you want to say like oh, oh look they can beat these good teams like maybe they're actually really good and then they come out and lose these stupid ass games of bum teams or they blow huge leads against teams and it's just like and you end up at 16 and 21 it's like what, yeah, I mean, would you rather be the, the team that's just like that's bum slaying everybody and then just like loses to good teams or do you rather be this team that is beating good teams, but then is also just like ruining your season with all these other dumb losses. I mean, I feel like the latter is like more, it's more annoying because you see that they can play good, but then they're just like so inconsistent and not actually good because you lose all these other games and like yeah, taking it, teams lightly and all that kind of bullshit. It really, it really just makes me resent <laughs> everyone on the team because it's <laughs> just like you, you assholes. I know <laughs> you can play better than this. I just watched you do it. You just, are like so arrogant that you think that you can just show up against the the bad teams you are not a good team like you <laughs> you have the potential to be a good team but only when you play really high level basketball when you bring your a game yeah you're a good team when you bring your b or c game you guys are kind of trash and so you can't like be like oh it's the rockets we can take it easy. Oh, it's the the Timberwolves without Gobert and Cat. We're fine. Like they're not that good. Like no, you're not that good. You haven't proven shit. Like why are you? Like what is this? Like taking your foot off the gas pedal? Like yeah. trying to like flip a switch? You are not that team. You're like, not that the 1990s. That Rockets game you're is like, like just a, like insane shit. Like, how do you win three in a row like, on the, the road? 1996 Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's just inexcusable yeah. like to think that you're a team that like can throw a switch. And honestly, the 1996 Chicago Bulls didn't flip a switch. They just murdered everybody yeah, because they were like right. <laughs> had they had some you know goddamn professional pride, uh, and they took joy in smashing the the crap teams uh, that came through. That's why they won seventy odd games. Yeah, but like. You know, you're not like the the level of arrogance there is just it's really crazy to me that they like come out consistently with crap effort to start games. Um, and that's another thing, like, you know, I was being critical of Billy earlier about like some of the scheme stuff. OK, the scheme stuff's not there. He's supposed to be Mr. Like players coach rah rah guy. Um, your team is consistently not prepared to start games. You guys get your asses kicked in the first quarter, like all of the time. <laughs> Like the first half, I mean, not last game. Last game, they they actually were good in the first half, and then they fucking choked it away. <laughs> they find ways to lose this team, yeah. but like for the most part, the whole the story of the season has been like they start off games and they're in a hole every goddamn time, and it's just like 
they're not locked in on defense. Like that's the biggest thing. Like the start of every game, like I know their defensive rating has been like decent or was decent for like most of the year, but I always felt like that was smoke and mirrors because every time I watched them in the first, the first half of games and especially in the first quarter, it was like, they were giving up like a million three wide open. I know that like, like I'm a stats guy. I know that like that, you know, opponent, uh, opponent three point shooting, you know, we do like a luck adjustments and whatever, but like I watch those games. (laughs) Like the bulls were not just getting unlucky. Like there's a reason that they consistently give up. Like they're like one of the top, the top three worst teams in uh, assisted um, opponent uh, field goals because they get into rotation because they play that they play this defense, right? Where they have Vucevic come to the level, come up to the level because like, that's the best use of his, his defensive skill set. He is not a rim protector. That's, that's his weak point. He's not a very good rim protector because he can't jump, not that athletic. So, but he does move his feet pretty well and he has good hands. So, okay. You put him at the level fine, but that means you have to be perfect behind back line. You have to, you have to have perfect rotations. Um, all right, well, that's a problem because you got uh, Demar and Zach, not that great at that stuff. And even Io and, and Pat, like they're much better at it than they than they used to be, but like they still screw that stuff up. And it's like, so they're constantly in rotation, um, because of the defense that they play. And you have they have to be perfect, and they don't have perfect rotation defenders <laughs> again it's like this combination of like roster construction and scheme that just don't work like the 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 big three doesn't work as a unit like so i mean if they're gonna keep it together i think they have to trade vooch one because he's an expiring contract right um two i think he's you know, I like Vooch and I, you know, I was critical of him last year because he, the shot wasn't falling and I was pretty frustrated that they gave up so much for him. And he, you know, just came, turned out to be kind of like a slightly above average, like starting center in the league, which is like, it's fine, but it's like, it's not what you give the farm away for. Yeah. Um, and, but like, I, I don't really think he's the bull's problem, but I think that he is the piece that's easiest to replace yeah um in in the sense that his scoring you could redistribute pretty easily um they would miss his playmaking i think but like the fucking bulls don't even utilize his playmaking as well as they should because they just run iso ball all the time so it's like all right like his short roll playmaking passing hub stuff is like just not getting utilized as as much as it should so it's like all right well you're not really going to be feeling the lack of that as much as you should if he was being utilized right um but also i just think that like if you're gonna have zach and damar who are you know zach is a he zach is kind of he's you're stuck with zach unless somebody bails you out of that contract uh this year like at least for this year i think you're stuck with Zach. yeah i don't think that's Um, happening this year um and then damar is too important to trade if you're trying to make the playoffs so and Vooch is expiring. So I think that like he's the one that's probably got to go. I think they need to get a actual rim protector, like uh, a guy who makes it so that they don't have to play an at-the-level scheme that requires perfect rotational defense behind it. Um, and then I think the other thing that they need to do 
is they need to get a uh, a movement shooter, a guy that gets them up on volume. I've been trying to think figure out if the if the Jazz would give up um, Beasley. Malik Beasley. Uh, I I mean he makes a, d- a decent chunk of change. He makes twenty. He doesn't uh, make twenty. Like that's way too much. Maybe fourteen or fifteen. I think he makes like fifteen or something. So like you'd have to like you'd have to you'd have to trade a couple of things for him. Yeah. Like you'd have to probably trade Kobe in his contract and um maybe you send Booch out as part of that deal and you get other pieces back. It's got probably gotta be a three teamer, something like that. Um I would consider trying to get Malik Beasley. Um I don't know how much I would give up to get him because I think he's expiring contract and he's really bad on defense. <laughs> like he's not good at all on defense. Um, but I just think he brings something that the bulls really, really need, which is like just getting out of volume, uh, and making them, uh, and yeah. So th- if they're going to keep it, if they're going to keep, you know, trying to, to make it work, I think that's probably what I would do. Um, or looks like Beast as a team option for next season at 16 million. He's making 15, five this year. Okay. So you probably exercise that if you trade for him. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the, I haven't like sat down and tried to like, yeah. I've done a lot of other fake trades, like <laughs> blow it up, blow yeah. it up fake trades. But like in terms of like keeping this roster together, the problem is, is this like the bulls don't have that much to trade, right? right. Like, uh, like Vooch is not on an expiring contract. It's not going to have a ton of value yeah. uh, around the league, except for like, if there's a team that has like a glut of, guards or wings that needs a big man or something like that. I know some people have tried to like direct him as like a backup to Claxton and um yeah, like Joe Harris. Yeah. I mean, I would take Joe Harris for him. Yeah, for sure. But then you have to f- turn around and like find a, a, a cheapo a pogo stick um uh starting center. Yeah. Cause like you can't start, you can't start Drummond. Like he, you just can't do it. Like he's like Drummond. He's a 20 minute a night player. Uh, any more than that. And if he's that, like, yeah. Bozo, his Bozo <laughs> stuff, like just becomes <laughs> too great. Um, but like, maybe I like, I don't know. This is, this is just spitballing. Uh, you know, we're just having fun here. Like maybe you could go get like somebody like Nerlens Noel. Like he was a stopgap starter for the Knicks a couple of years ago. He can block shots. He's not good on offense at all, but like if you got like Beasley and Nerlens Noel, that like kind of shakes up the the roster construction, um, and maybe gives you like a slightly different look that maybe fits together better. I don't know. Like, again, do you think Pertle is going to be actually get traded? I know they're asking for a shit ton for him, and the Bulls I, have been interested. I know before. that the I know that the Bulls want Pertle, and like I think I think the way that the Bulls maybe get Pertle is if they have like some kind of wink wink nudge nudge deal already with his with his representation that they're going to sign him in the offseason um kind of like what they did with Lonzo because like, yeah. they tried they tried to trade for they Lonzo did. so the yeah. year before yeah they actually signed him and I think that was kind of like a like hey we're gonna sign your guy <laughs> like yeah. we're gonna get him like one way or the other uh but you know the the uh Pelicans didn't didn't want to uh do a deal then I think they were like asking for a first round pick and the bulls were like, no, we're just going to get him in the off season. All right. <laughs> so I, you know, I do think that uh, one thing I will say about AK is that like for better and for worse, when he targets a guy, he gets his guy. 
So like the fact that we have heard that he's targeting Pirtle makes me think that he's going to probably get him one way or the other at some point. Um, unless, uh, unless like the Raptors really overpay for him because apparently, uh, I mean they need a know, center want him in the worst way. <laughs> they need like just players that aren't wings that can't shoot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they're 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 like the. I mean, the, would would they like would like. Would you do like, like Gary? Would you try to get Gary Trent? Like, would they want Vooch? And for like Gary Trent, like I, like, I don't, I don't even know. If I that would do be. that. I love. I, I'm a, I'm actually a pretty big Gary Trent guy. Um, he, he has that dog in him. I will say that he, you know, he's not a great defender because he's little, but he like tries really, really hard on defense. Um, he'll get in guys' jerseys, which I like. He's, you know, just a he's a really good shooter and he is not afraid to get him up um and i don't think he's like a great passer but like he's he's got some movement shooting like i think he would provide a lot of what the bulls need um they could also try to trade vooch for uh raptors legend and uh illinois native uh fred van vliet um i think <laughs> I th- Fred might be cooked, uh, man. He might be, but also like that might be why you get him for cheap. Like I I think that he could do a lot of the same Lonzo stuff. Like he's a good passer. He can shoot. He just can't score at the basket, but like neither can Lonzo. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like true. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. Um he I mean the biggest difference is that Lonzo can guard up and Fred absolutely cannot. (laughs) No, he can't because he's He's under six feet tall. Yeah, he's like shorter than I am. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all these great ideas. Well, I think we've probably rambled so, on yeah, here. That, those yeah. are my 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 spitballing. I know I rambled for a while. Oh no, uh, it's all good. That's what that's what we're here for. Like I said I I agree uh, that I I don't I don't think they're gonna trade tomorrow. I don't think I mean I don't think they're gonna trade Zach. Like I think they'd have to really fall apart here uh, for that to happen. Yeah. I In some, see. if they are gonna keep it together, if they're gonna keep it together, two things. Swap Vooch out for a, a real rim protector and get a movement shooter. Yeah. Those are the two things that they need, I think, roster construction wise around Zach and Damar, if they're going to keep those two guys together. Yeah. And then also, maybe well, they again, blow it up. Go to the end of the roster too and try to and cycle some good, some guys in and out. Just- yeah. Like fucking go get some guys from the G League that like are shooting three pointers. Go sign Sharif Cooper. They don't need a guard really, but like he's good. Like he should be getting minutes in the NBA somewhere. Like it's insane that he got cut because like he's like the biggest question with Sharif was one, he's really small. But the biggest question, like from a skill perspective, was can he shoot? Well, he has demonstrated pretty conclusively in the G League and shoot. He's shooting like 40% on volume in the G League and he's shooting like 80 plus percent from the foul line. The dude can shoot and he's like a genius level passer and he's impossible to keep out of the paint. He should be somebody's bench guard somewhere. And it's insane that he's not. Yeah, so like, like use those roster spots. Give somebody a like, shot, man. Like the right like, now, the, why is, why, yeah. why is Marco, Marco on the roster? Yeah, Marco is still treating Marco like a two way player. He's literally just on assignment every game. Like he's basically a two way player, except he's taking up a guaranteed roster spot. Bradley, you don't need him. Uh, I mean, even the, like the two way guy. Who are the two way guys right now? Is it still Malcolm Hill and I know they got rid of yes. Costas and then someone. I think it was like did they turned Carly Jones into their other two way guy. It's like maybe yes, try to get yeah. someone who can actually. Like, do, I don't know. <laughs> like, why have Carlick 
when you could just be like, Sharif Cooper, you are better than Carlick Jones. Yeah. Like, by a lot. <laughs> by a lot. Like, well, uh, anyways, yeah. I, I don't want to keep you to keep rambling here. Oh, good. Yeah. I'll let, I'll let roster you know, construction. Like, all the bottom line is, as we've known like, all year, the roster turn construction. The end of the roster yeah. and get a movement shooter and get some, get, you yeah. know, get a, a rim protector. And yeah. I, I think maybe they could shake things up and etch a sketch it and hopefully you get a better picture. Yeah. Like I'm still, I'm still not out on them. Like again, like being a plan, it would not surprise me if they make the play in tournament. I mean, they're right on the outside, and all these like the Hawks stink, the Raptors stink. We'll see. The Knicks are fine. I mean, the Heat have been kind of whatever. We'll see if any of those teams. We'll see if the Pacers come back. They're certainly not getting the top five is basically set. Those five teams are gonna jostle for position, but like after that, it's just kind of open. Like so, I could see that if the Bulls possibly getting it together, but then again, like the next couple games. I mean, coming up here, but yeah. That we'll finish up here with looking at ahead. They got Brooklyn tomorrow at home. Brooklyn is on a 12 game winning streak, which of course the stupid bulls are probably going to fucking end it because they're just going to do because they're dumb. And they, again, we don't know what to expect every night. Brooklyn's going to come here on a 12 game winning streak and probably play a huge turd or something like that. Friday, they go to Philly. They've again, never beaten Joel Embiid and Philly has been playing much better. They just got Tyrese Maxey back and be just one player of the month. He's absolutely destroying. I mean, there's no reason to expect the bulls to win that game, but like, who knows? I don't know. I guess if there's one thing to expect, it's usually that the bulls lose to Joel Embiid, but I guess we'll see. Then they play the next night. They've got Utah and Lowry Markkinen, who again has been playing like an all-star this year. The bulls won in Utah earlier this year, which was kind of surprising because they looked like crap for most of the game, but home game at Utah. I mean, second of a back-to-back, That'll be tough. I and mean, Utah's, they've fallen off a little bit, but they've been competitive most nights. And then after that, next week, they go to Boston, who we know they've beaten twice. This is on Monday. They go to Boston. They've beaten them twice. They were close to the first game in Boston. It would be absolutely shocking if the Bulls won that game in Boston. So, I mean, you're looking at the next four here at probably one and three, two and two at the best. But if they go with one and three, that's what 17 and 24 then halfway through the year that's yeah. a pace of 34 wins seven and games, it's like seven games under 500 yeah like at some point it's just too many losses and the record is the record and it's just gonna be a tough hole to dig out of but again they'll probably freaking win like two of these games for like absolutely no reason at all because that's what they've been doing all year it's been the same song and dance kind of just like win some games and look great get our hopes up and then lay turds and we want to blow it up again. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, tell our listeners as always where uh, they can find you. Uh, on Twitter at NBA Couchside, And um, if I decide to, <laughs> if I can uh, wrangle up uh, enough uh, excitement or energy to, to talk about the team before the end of the year, uh, besides this conversation, <laughs> uh, you, you'll, you can find me on De- at Dennis Podman um, uh, in any any of the places that you download uh, this podcast, um, or you can go back and listen to uh, me talk from like earlier days when things were more <laughs> more exciting. Uh, you can go back and listen to old episodes and reminisce about the good times. <laughs> awesome. But, uh, yeah, Dennis Podman. Yes. But, uh, you know, uh, a play on Dennis Rodman, of course. <laughs> well, thank you again, Kevin, for joining joining me here. Uh, I said hopefully we'll have Ricky back next sometime next week. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. As always, shout out to the Blue Wire Network. 
It's like what we're doing here at Cash. Ton of great podcasts all across Blue Wire. Go check some of them out. Uh, for us here at Cash, please rate and review us. Give us those five star ratings. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all those good places. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore J. Thanks again to Kevin for joining me. That's going to do it for us here. Talk to you guys next time. This is last year's Bulls. It's not last year's Bulls, ladies and gentlemen.